Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio, guys. We are very excited about today's show. We have received a lot of requests for us to do a show specifically for agents who are part-time in real estate. That is something that a lot of you guys start out in part as part-time agents and you decide to meander into real estate full-time after you get some momentum. I completely agree. That is a smart way to go about um, getting started. And uh, we're going to give you guys specific actionable items, things that you need to be doing uh, to get really really quick momentum. And Julie's got a great email that she's going to share with you guys. Julie, you actually have to attend uh, to something on the other conference call so if you want to go ahead and jump and take care of that right away, and then you can read your email when you get back. So, guys, okay. our industry our industry has a real bad mindset about part-time agents. And when we get this question, and Julie's going to read you guys a sample email, the email question usually goes something like this. Do you think I should quit my full-time job with health insurance, uh, with everything else, and um, allow uh, and basically get full-time into real estate. And what, how would you guys answer that question if someone, uh, if someone asked you? If someone asked you specifically, should you quit real estate with health insurance, where you have probably some children you have to feed, you know, this job, should you quit, I'm sorry, not real estate, but this job where you have financial security, where you have health insurance, should you quit this job and get full-time into real estate? See, what our industry says is our industry says yes. Our industry says absolutely. Our industry says, hell, go two feet in. And some people in our industry, they'll even go as far as to say, not only should you quit real estate, but you should absolutely burn all bridges, and that's the only way you're going to succeed. Guys, listen to me. That's horrible, horrible advice. The simple fact is is that you know, a lot of times selling real estate is something that you can be wildly successful at. But wouldn't it be nice to get into real estate while you still had health insurance, while you were still t- you know, t- having money come in to take care of your family, while you were still being a responsible person, wouldn't, doesn't that make a heck of a lot more sense than basically just burning the bridges and jumping two feet in? Now, after you build some momentum, we're going to give you a specific plan on today's show, and after you actually get things moving in the right direction, then what we're going to do is we're going to tell you specifically how to go and transition from working your job to then becoming full-time in real estate. So, Julie, are you back? Nope, she's not back yet. So, um, in, in this plan is something that's proven to work, you know, countless times. So, as a lot of you guys get your real estate licenses, or maybe you got your licenses and you're deciding you want to, you know, it's spring and heck, why not just double down in real estate? But you have a full-time job, or you have a job that gives you financial security, you know, don't quit it yet. Don't act. And I'm not saying don't quit it because I'm doubting your ability to succeed. I'm saying don't quit it because it's oftentimes not the smartest thing for you to do. Um, and, and I know this is challenging because you walk into a real estate broker, and the brokers are telling, again, they're going to tell you to quit your job. They're going to tell you to uh, you know, basically sell real estate full-time or you're, you're not going to make it. They're going to say other things to you, too, like you have to have a year's worth of savings. And you have to have all that type of stuff. So, guys, that's the mindset that our industry has, and I'm telling you, in this day and age, you don't have to operate like that. So, Julie, you've got a really great email, so go ahead and read it. Yes, Okay, hopefully you can hear me. Uh, all right, yep. this is from Levi Tanksley. 
and was sent just before Christmas. I have a collection that we're all going through working out all these great shout outs. And Levi writes, hi, Tim and Julie, I've been listening to your podcast for a few months as I am preparing to take my real estate exam. I want to start part-time as I have a full-time job and I want to be able to, support, to have support while I build up my business in 2017. Can a successful agent, a part-time agent be successful working nights and weekends? I hear a ton of negative things about part-time agents, so I want to be certain that I can be successful doing this. Any insider tips on how to achieve my goal for 2017 would be great. Thank you, Levi Tanksley II. Back to you, Tim. All right, so there it is, and, that, and we receive, I would say, probably that's one of the top ten emails that we get. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you a step-by-step plan, but this plan complements the real estate treasure map. Now, I know that not all of you listening right now have actually downloaded the real estate treasure map and got started on your business plan. If you're a coaching member, if you're actually a member of Premier Coaching or Premier Coaching VIP, and you've not completed your real estate treasure map for 2017, you're making a huge mistake. Um, I, you know, I know why you're not doing it, okay? I've been doing coaching for long enough now. I know why you're not doing it. You're procrastinating because you don't want to actually have to take seriously the idea of writing down what your goals and your intentions are for the year because it's scary because in the back of your mind you're thinking, what if I don't do it? Or you're saying to yourself, I've written down goals in the past and I haven't accomplished them and I, have, you know, I feel disappointed about that, so I'm just going to kind of wing it this year like I have in the past and after all it's worked out. You know, it's worked out good enough. I'm here to tell you guys, if, you write down your, if you've written down goals before and it hasn't happened, it's because you've been missing one of the key elements of goal setting, which is an action plan and a deadline. So write those three things down. And again, guys, this is part of the real estate treasure map. And I'm going to give you this book for free. Just download it and get this thing completed. It's a step-by-step business planning guide. So when you write down a goal, now let's say, for example, to tie it in with today's content, today's show, if you write down the goal of quitting your job, your full-time job and you want to be uh, in real estate full-time. You write a deadline when you're going to accomplish that by. So maybe the deadline's in 90 days. Maybe it's in six months. Maybe it's in a year. Maybe it's never. We have lots of coaching clients who work full-time jobs and also have uh, real estate on the nights and the weekends. That works out great for them. They are able to have the discipline to basically pull it off. But you have a deadline when you're going to have that specific thing accomplished. Now, maybe we make it something like – Let's say you're going to you know, raise money to uh, go on a nice vacation. So let's just use that. It's easy. So you're going to go on a nice vacation. Let's say it's a really nice vacation. You and your family, you're going to go on a vacation. It's going to cost $20,000, and you want to go on the vacation this coming September. But you don't have $20,000 set aside. Here's how you would set the goal. A, you'd go online or wherever else, and you get the information on where you wanted to go, right? Easy. Start there. That's the fun part. Then what I want you to do, I know this sounds bold, but I want you to choose the date and then set the date to actually go and put a small deposit on a credit card. Commit to it. You see what's happening here? See how this is different than maybe how you set goals before? And then what we're going to do is we're going to build an action plan to accomplish that specific goal. So now you have a done date. You have a due date. Now the action plan is going to be what are we going to do to raise the money? Now here's the magic thing, that when you set a goal like we just talked about with a specific date – haven't you, if you're actually with me on this call as we're going through this show and as I'm going through this example, had a goal set, if you're actually doing this, you know, in your head, here's the magic that starts to happen. Just, I'll say it again. You want to go on a vacation for, with your family, $20,000, and it's going to be in September. And you need, now need to base, and you don't have $20,000 set aside, and you want to basically, you know, obviously pay cash for it. And you don't want to have to borrow money or whatever, whatever. Okay, perfect. Now, here's the cool thing. Haven't you noticed how already your brain is working on how to accomplish that goal? Isn't that awesome? 
So your brain automatically is set to act, set into action trying to figure out the action plan. Try that with anything. You could do, for example, you want to buy a new car. You want to remodel your bathroom. You want to whatever, whatever. Do all those things and then say you are going to give yourself six months, a year, 90 days, two weeks to do whatever it is. And then watch how your mind automatically goes into action, creating the action plan, because you've set a date at the end. I don't know why it works that way, but it does. So use that thing about us, uh, you know, humans, to uh, to your advantage. Now, the action plan for saving $20,000, I'll give you an action plan. You're selling real estate, right? So you're going to sell real estate. You're going to fix, you know, your average commission is going to be X. You're going to set aside X percent from every transaction that's going to go into your vacation fund. If you know, for example, your average commission is, let's say, $10,000 after your broker splits or whatever, let's say you're making $8,000. So you're going to, you know, off the top, you're going to, you know, you have to make sure you're making sure taxes and whatnot's being paid. But what you're going to do is you're going to make a budget around saving, say, for example, $3,000 or $2,000 for every transaction. And then you could figure out exactly how many units you need to sell in order to have that money saved so you can pay cash for it. That's how you do it. When Julie and I first got into real estate in our early 20s out of college, what we would do to build wealth, to buy investment properties, and also to keep us really constantly motivated, was we'd always try to have a, a um, rental property in contract. We'd put a rental co- property in contract before we had the down payment to buy it. And we would and that's basically what we did to motivate ourselves. And those rental properties, you know, those have proven to be long-term great investments. Julie, are you back? I am. So I that's, think I am. Okay, good. So that's the specific plan. So when you guys are going through these points with Julie and you guys are listening to what she wrote down for you and you're trying to think when and how you transition out of real estate, use the example of how to set a specific goal with an action plan with a deadline. Uh, Use that as a a yardstick. Now, to download the real estate treasure map, which all of you should have done by now, I want you to simply go to – you can go to – uh, freecoachingcallsforagents.com and fill out that little form. You can get it. You can go to timandjulieharris.com. Um, by the way, that's where all of our almost a 1,000 past shows, radio shows live. You can just listen to those anytime. But there's a little form there for under every show you can fill out. I think you can go to um, – there's another website, too, where you can get the same books. But those two are the greatest sources to start. Uh, you know, Then, obviously, you'll get also an opportunity to schedule a free coaching call with one of our great coaches, and you are off to the races. So here it is, guys. We're going to give you a 12-point plan on how basically um, you can make the move from full-time job to and, – and, you know, basically from part-time real estate to full-time real estate if that's your choice. But remember, it isn't mandatory for you to be successful. Be very clear about that. Again, I'll say it. We have – I bet you we have hundreds of members who are – very successful in selling homes, and they work it part-time. And in other words, they don't work it as their primary source of income um, for their families. So you can do it, too, if that's your choice. There's not one way to be successful in real estate. It's one of the reasons we love it so much. Uh, if you have nothing else to add, Julie, jump to point number one. Well, and incidentally, all of these points, which are focused on part-time agent success, also, incidentally, apply to full-time agents, okay? It's just that the part-time agent is time-starved at a whole different degree than the allegedly full-time agent. Okay, so can an agent be successful working nights and weekends from the email? Point number one, yes, but you must follow a plan. Identify what the goal is. That's what Tim just talked about. And that goal-setting muscle that you're going to flex will serve you well throughout your career, whether you stay part-time or you go full-time. Identify what is the goal. If you haven't defined what it is, you're never going to do it. Are you working part-time until you can switch to full-time in real estate? Or is real estate always going to be supplemental for you, which is okay, by the way. 
but what is the income required for you? You first have to state that so that you can then follow a plan to get there. Point number two, be willing well, to Julie, prospect. Let's hop, let, Julie, I, but yes. let, just, just for a second, though, let's just hover there. So hover. Julie talked about goals. And, again, we have to make this, Julie, very basic because there's a lot of folks that are listening that are getting into real estate or you know all the rest sure. of it. And this, so this show is specifically for you guys. But, again, even if you've been in real estate forever and you're selling a billion houses a year, still relevant. Have a business plan. Have specific written down goals with deadlines. Have an action plan for every single thing you want to accomplish. Do not think that just because you set goals in the past and they haven't happened that they cannot happen for you. Of course they can. You wrote down what your attention was, your goal. You just in the past probably didn't have an action plan with a deadline. Now when you do the real estate treasure map, you will. And what Julie just said – you know, make a list of all the things you want to do with the income. If you don't need the income from selling real estate because your full-time job pays all of your overhead and whatnot, you know what? That means that the real estate income can all be for fun, and that's great. Have a good thought-through list of what you want to be doing with the money you make from selling real estate. Don't forget to, you know, make a tithe, donate money. Don't forget to do things like that that make a contribution to your community. But hell yeah, have some fun for the money, okay? So be open to all kinds of opportunities. Maybe you're finally going to buy that lake house. Maybe you're finally going to buy that sports car. Maybe you're going to finally, you know, buy that plane. I don't care. Whatever it is, write it down, have an action plan. Next point, Julie. Yes, but don't go just saying, hey, I'd like to make a little bit of money in real estate because that's what will make you make a very little money in real estate. So point number two, be willing to prospect. A part-time agent who prospects is more efficient than a full-time agent who doesn't. The part-time agent will likely net a higher percent of their income as well. That's a pretty major point. And those of you who have been grizzled veterans and full-time for a long time, don't forget this point. A part-time agent who prospects is more efficient than a full-time agent who doesn't. They don't have the time to spend. They're not spending the money on it. You know, it's pretty amazing. So be willing to prospect. Now, that can mean a lot of different things. Prospecting is just lead generation, okay? If the word prospect makes you pee your pants, just call it lead generation. It's okay. But it gets down to the same thing, creating new business. So if you're willing to make calls, if you're willing to door knock, if you're willing to talk to unrepresented sellers and to expired listings, none of that really costs you any money, and it is the most efficient thing. Why do you think that you hear about FISBOs and expireds all the time? Oh, I already know that. I've heard that a million times. Well, that's because it's very efficient and it totally works. Does that make sense to well, them? But you I, mean, know I can't what, really like, drive that home but, harder. Yeah. But, but here's the reality of it. They don't hear about FISBOs and expireds all the time. They don't because in most real estate offices, when you walk in there and you talk to the office manager, broker, they recruit you, you're an agent in XYZ office, they tell you to buy your damn leads. That's what they're doing. These agents, I know. a lot of That's them are true. getting into the business and they're never being told the truth about how to build a long-standing, powerful real estate practice. And what Julie says is spot on. The, the, any agent, part-time or otherwise, you know, they have a really unfair advantage if they're willing to actually pick up the phone and make calls. Guys, there's a great book that um, we're having all of our uh, coaching clients read. It's a great book because basically we're in perfect alignment with all the points this guy makes. So we're like preaching from the same side of the, you know. So it's called Fanatical Prospecting. Fanatical Prospecting. You guys write that down and get that book. You can get it on uh, Audible. I listened to it over the holiday. It's a great book, perfect alignment with everything that we say. He really, you know, he drills down on basically the fallacy that is social networking, uh, the fallacy about buying leads. He talks about essentially, you know, a lot of things we talk about on this radio show, but it, I think a lot of you will probably benefit maybe hearing the same thing but in a slightly different voice, and that's great. So get that book, uh, Fanatical Prospecting. Um, 
do that today. That's from your homework from today's radio show. Number three, Julie, this is really important. Um, whether you're full-time or part-time, you want to track your numbers closely using, white, using the whiteboard system. Concentrate heavily on lead generation and tracking your short, medium, and long-term leads. So if you only have a limited amount of time, again, relevant for everyone, part-time or full-time, to spend per day lead generating, it's really critical that you absolutely positively – again, I'll say this again. It's all part of the real estate treasure map. It helps you walk through creating your business plan. But when you have a specific number that you have to accomplish every single day. Now, let's say, for example, like I'm thinking of a, um, a part-time agent that, um, you know, I know he makes probably $250,000, $350,000 a year just from real estate. And he sells in the Maryland, D.C. area. And I know he only works on Fridays in real estate, only on Saturdays and only Sunday afternoons. That's it. He doesn't work any other time. Now, he doesn't let his customers know he's part-time, doesn't tell, doesn't broadcast. It doesn't do any of the silly things that a lot of agents will do that will make it so no one would want to work with them. But what he does efficiently is he picks up the phone. So he knows he has to make, for example, I think his specific goal is 30 contacts a week. And by making 30 contacts a week, he also hits his centers of influence and past clients for sale by owners, expires, notices of defaults things of that nature. When he makes those high-value contacts of folks, now the centers of influence are not as high-value, obviously, as an expider for FISBO or an NOD, let's be clear. But when he does make those contacts, he gets results. You can do the exact same thing, so you have to track your numbers. And as we talk on our radio show, we're huge fans of dry erase boards. CRMs are great, but if you have your goals written out and it's on a dry erase board, again, this is all laid out in Real Estate Treasure Map, and you start actually keeping track of how many contacts you're making per day, the contacts should be in a direct alignment with whatever your goals are, you will find almost magically and in in, in, in quickly, I should say, you will start accomplishing your goals. It really is that simple, guys. Please do not be fooled into thinking you can buy leads to the point where you'll actually have success. We talk about that all the time on the radio show and how that is the surefire way to fail in real estate, to so create your own business. Next point, Julie. Next point is number four. Choose your broker wisely, especially from the beginning. It's very disruptive to switch brokerages all the time. So choose your broker wisely. Market share does matter, especially when you're already limited by your time. Remove barriers to your success, like always hearing, well, gosh, I've never heard of your brokerage. Who are you guys again? Why, why wouldn't I go with a bigger name, right? I mean, that's just a fact. And, of course, there are some reasons for some agents to go with smaller boutique companies. But generally speaking, when you are starved for you know, time and other things, you want to remove as many barriers to your success as possible. So do your research. I always recommend when I talk to agents who are freshly licensed or, try, or even you know, veterans who are trying to make a switch, do take the time to interview with four or five different brokerages, names that you know, places you know, that, that are in a market that you know sells well. So that also means that you're going to do a little bit of research, make sure that you're in an area that actually is moving. So it's better to take some time up front to save yourself time, hassle, and stress later of having to make a switch. So do take some time to choose your broker wisely. It's okay if you have to interview several times before you feel comfortable. Make sense, Tim? But, Julie, let, let's hover there, though, because a mistake that agents make is thinking their broker is somehow going to be their wet nurse, right? They're well, not. that's true. I mean, most – you guys cannot walk into your brokerage's office thinking they're going to teach you how to sell. They don't and they won't. Some of them will, but most of them won't. And your best brokers, guys, and office managers are also actively selling real estate themselves. But you're not going to get any agent, any broker to 
most of them are going to give you just basically the cursory understanding of how the business underst- how the business works, and they're going to set you free. And you know that's the way it should be, because if you cannot self-start, if you cannot basically apply yourself on a consistent, scheduled, methodical, business-like manner, you don't deserve to be successful, let alone successful in real estate. So if you think you're going to walk into a broker's office and they're going to handhold you all the way to the paycheck, you are wrong. They don't exist, and and very few of them exist, I should say. You have to be willing to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level consistently. And again, to Julie's first point, if you're selling real estate and you only have so many hours a week because you have a full-time job and you have family commitments and whatever else, it is incredibly important you do not think that you can basically Facebook or tweet or do all these other passive things and, and have success. You can't. You have to learn to do the proactive things, and you have to be, again, willing to do what, you're, what other people aren't willing to do when they're not willing to do them at the highest level. Next point, Jules. Next point is number five, and yes, this does require work and effort and, you know, doing this absolutely at the highest level is one of the most important things for you to do. Get your Mm pre-listing package, your buyer's presentation, and your listing presentation done, learned, and polished as soon as possible. It's okay to earn while you learn. You don't have to wait until you're 1,000% comfortable to be going on appointments, but you do need to get it put together, learned, polished, get some coaching on it. Become comfortable with your pre-listing package, buyer's presentation, and listing presentation. The more you use them, the better you'll get at them. So it's okay if your first handful, 10, even 15 appointments, you're a bit fish out of water, you're a little uncomfortable, totally different than your regular job. That's normal. But don't wait. Don't procrastinate because it's not done. Oh, I'm not going to prospect because I don't have my pre-listing package done. Get it done. Remove your own excuses. This is a critical point. It probably should be broken into three points, pre-listing package, buyer's presentation, listing presentation. But it's all kind of under the same umbrella of getting it together presentation-wise. Would you agree with that, Tim? Well, yeah, and the pre-listing pack, guys, it, all this stuff, coaching members, it's on the site. Just copy what we've done. If you're not on the private Facebook group as a coaching member, you need to get on there because I love seeing you guys get your PLPs done and post them up there. Really important. Here's the magic thing that happens with a pre-listing pack. And any of you guys who are members who have gotten it done, you know what I'm talking about. You all of a sudden want to get it out there, man. You've got something cool that nobody else has, and you're going to want to basically go knock on that for sale by owner and that expired. Because what the pre-listing pack does, and this is the reason it's so critically important, is we have actually covered all the seller's objections that they might have, might not have, anything they might possibly throw at you. It's covered in the pre-listing pack so that the fear that you have of walking into a listing appointment and not knowing what to say or how to say it, them asking a question that you don't know the answer to, we've already covered it. So as long as you follow the listing process, if you sent the, listing, or the pre-listing pack ahead of time, there's an excellent chance, even if you're brand new, you're going to take that listing. How do I know it's true? Because we hear from you guys, members, all the time, emails and whatnot, how you went in and competed against some agent who has been in the business forever, a grizzled veteran, and you kicked their butt. Here's a little surprise to a lot of you. Stories. It surprises me. Yeah, I know, but it surprises me to this day how many agents – who are actually fairly successful listing agents, have no pre-listing pack. Or the pre-listing pack is just a basic smattering of garbage. It's a folder full of stuff they've just grabbed here and there, brochures or something pretty that's a bunch of nonsensical information that the seller puts no value on. Even in the highest-end markets, 
I will get pre-listing packs. I see some from our new coaching clients. And I, I sift through there, and I think, oh, man, this thing is beautiful. It looks like a high-end housing magazine or whatever. And But there's nothing in there. You know, here's here's Stacy by the beach. Here's Stacy in the mansion. Here's Stacy works with exclusive clientele. Stacy is certified in this and does that and speaks 14 forms of Mandarin. I get it. But who cares? How are any of these things advantages to the seller? The pre-listing pack covers all the bases. So, guys, please don't re-engineer it. Don't rethink it. Don't make it too difficult. Yeah. Just copy it. Smart man learns from his mistakes. A brilliant man or woman learns from the mistakes of others. Right? Guys, just follow the system. Next point, Julie. Next point is number six. Actually know what makes you money in real estate. Just to reiterate the list that I find useful on virtually every podcast we do. What makes you money in real estate? Lead generation, otherwise known as prospecting. Lead follow-up, pre-qualifying, presenting, listing presentation or presenting homes to buyers, negotiating and closing. Ignore everything else, especially when you're a part-time agent. You don't have the time to spend on pretty shiny things that pop up in your email that are promising to alleviate you from all of these responsibilities like lead generation, lead follow-up, pre-qual, present, negotiate, close. If it's not on that list, I don't know why you're doing it, honestly. I mean, what about like my favorite example, uh, broker caravan, right? Well, I want to go see the inventory. Guess what? When you have a buyer, you're going to see the inventory. You're going to find it, and you're going to make some money. Don't just go randomly out there pretending that you're, quote, in real estate. Do the things that actually lead to a paycheck. I, I can't be more well, adamant about that because I see so many distractions out there. All you have to do is open your email or your voicemail, and it's right there for you. Well, let's, Julie, let's give them a drill down. On the website, new coaching members. There's something called the 90-day – is it Massive Action Plan, Julie, or just the 90-day Action Plan? Well, we have the 90-day so Massive it. Action Plan, and we, we also have the Survival Plan because you okay. know, some of these guys do either get laid off, fired, or bail on their previous job, and it literally is a survival plan. So they can choose from the Treasure Map, the 90-day Massive Action Plan, or the Survival Plan, and we also have a New Agent Action Plan. Okay, so, so here's the moral of the story. It, well, exactly. So coaching members – we have actually thought through exactly what you should be doing every single day, every single week, every single month for the first 90 days, for the first six months. So get into the system, use the system, follow the directions. Now, Julie said, yes, broker caravan is not a high-yield activity because you're not in front of potential buyers or sellers. She is not telling you that you are not supposed to know the market. Knowing the market as a new agent gives you confidence. It makes you competent. And when you combine those two things, you're actually going to feel more comfortable. There's three C's of actually soliciting and talking with folks. Those are critical things that you have. You cannot fake market mastery. You actually have to have it. In order to do that, Julie gave you a great idea. Pick up some buyers. Buyers are easy to find. Do some open houses from agents. Hold all their agents' listings open. Get some buyers. Go out and get to know the market. Well, hey, guess what? Making some money. Makes sense, doesn't it? Guys, listen. The only reason this business is hard is because you make it hard. This is an easy business. It truly is when you follow a system. And there's really not that much to becoming successful in real estate. There's not very much. Really, guys, if you think about it, this is the best industry ever. For some reason, there's you know a 5 or 6%, maybe 7% commission that's out there. I have no idea why it's that percent. Nobody really does, but it is. You go out and sell a house to your buyer. The seller pays the commission. Right? Now think about this. If you get a motivated buyer who's pre-approved, chances are they're going to want to buy and close within 60 days. 
That's a beautiful thing. You go get a seller that has to sell using our pre-qualified questions, ask and make sure you get a seller that has to sell versus wants to sell. Then you get a commission check in probably 60 to 90 days. You had no expense other than your time to generate that business to make that margin. If you had to open up a tie store or a pie store or a used car lot or it doesn't matter what kind of business to make the kinds of money you guys make in real estate, you would have to spend millions of dollars. I have a friend that, um, give you guys a, a reference point, I have, well, several friends that own fast food restaurants. And one of the fast food restaurants that probably is the most successful in the nation right now is Chick-fil-A. I don't know if you guys know that. So Chick-fil-A, I won't talk about how the franchise agreement works, but here's how it really works from an owner's perspective. They have to work in that job for at least 10 hours a day in the store, and generally speaking, most of them are going to make about, after maybe three or four years, they're going to make probably about 150 grand per year. Okay? That is a whole heck of a lot of time in a, use, and I'm sorry, in a fast food joint, isn't it? But that's what it takes, and that's the commitment that Chick-fil-A is looking for from everyone who actually ends up owning a franchise. Depending on your location, you can actually make more or obviously less. Now, look at the risk. Look at the time involved just to become successful and make a decent living owning that restaurant. Now, you guys can make way more money in way less time and have way less risk just by selling real estate. You don't have to start a location. You don't have to buy inventory. You don't have to have a bunch of risk from employees. You don't have to buy a, all that. Real estate, you list a house. That property sits there. It costs you nothing. My marketing and my advertising. Well, okay, there's something. If you choose to market and advertise a property beyond online, it's going to cost you something, but really hardly anything. And then when it sells, you make... The margin, you make 3%, 2.5%, 7% if you double-end it, whatever. Get that? That's the reason real estate's so beautiful. Keep it simple. Make it so that this is the year that essentially where you either accomplish all your goals or at least you get started accomplishing all your goals. Build the momentum now, guys. Don't wait. Request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Get your real estate treasure map filled out. Let us know what you want us to talk about on the radio show, what you want us to focus on. Email me directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Anytime, anything we can do for you guys, reach out. We're always here. You know that. Those of you who email us on a regular basis, let us know what we can do for you. In the meantime, have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.